Welcome back to the program. Let's, I'm going to begin with the scripture reading and a prayer today. The scripture reading is the second reading. If you hopefully went to Mass on Ash Wednesday, um, you, you got to hear uh, this beautiful reading from 2 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, we are ambassadors for Christ as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and I thank you and praise you for the gift of this Lenten season. I ask, Lord our God, that we would recognize this moment of grace, this day of salvation, this acceptable time. Holy God, please give us the merciful a blessing. Give us the blessing of, of having eyes to see those places in our lives where you are at work. And give us the grace to respond to what it is you're asking of us this Lenten season. Lord, please provide for us the graces we need to follow you into that desert with our name on it. Give us the grace to say yes to the prayer and the fasting and the almsgiving and any other disciplines of self-denial and renunciation that would honor you and that would lead to our growth in holiness. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of this season. We make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, here we are, day two, Lent. It's a great chance to get launched if you are still kind of trying to figure stuff out. You, you hopefully in this prayer, and then you got it in this reading, we're ambassadors for Christ as if God were appealing through us. We're ambassadors for Christ as if God were appealing through us. Do you get that? Do you see how striking that is, how powerful that is? What an awesome thought. We shouldn't ever tire of hearing this wonder, this, this wonder that is part of our life of faith. Jesus Christ, not only sees you and knows you and approaches you. Not only does he come to live within you so that you, by his spirit, can cry out, Abba, Father, and experience this elevated status as God's child, not merely a creature made from dust, but elevated to share in God's own divine life where the very life of God is living in you. But God himself, Jesus Christ, is going to shine through you in this world. God himself is going to make an appeal to the world through your life. Okay, did you catch all that? Did did you get all of that? This is stunning. This is awesome. This elevates the 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 preciousness, the value, the 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 um, the, the the amazing quality of being alive. Of you just being alive doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter uh, the 
status that the world would give to you? No. You as a human being, you as a human being designed by the infinite eternal God himself to be born into this world in this moment, specially chosen. You've been planted here for a purpose and a reason. You've been planted here. And if you are listening to this program, you're probably a person of faith, person of Christian faith, most likely a person of Catholic Christian faith. You have been given incredible blessings. And Ash Wednesday brings them out in that beautiful reading that God, this living God, intends, he wills, his, 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 his purpose in placing you here in part is to shine through you into your world. You don't have to speak to the whole world. You don't have to make an appeal to the whole world. But do you know where you go today? Where you go today? That might mean the store. You go into the department store, the supermarket, to the, uh, you know, wherever you're going, uh, out and about. When, when you're going uh, to, to the school where your kids are at. No, if you go into whatever your workplace is, wherever you go, you have that incredible opportunity, that moment, that, that positioning where God himself is saying, be on the lookout, be on the alert. I want to shine through you into this moment. Because there are people out there who do not know me. There are people out there who are lost without me. There are people out there who have given up on me, and I haven't given up on them, but they don't know that. And so I need you. I need to appeal to the world through you. My son Jesus died for you, for them. My, my son Jesus died to set them free from the things that hold them back, leave, leave them in darkness, leave them desperate, and, and leave them just uh, completely lost. I I have sent my son so that they would be found, but I need someone. I need someone through whom my son can appeal in this world today. I need someone whom Jesus Christ can use as a vessel for communicating the truth of his life, his love, his goodness for that human being, for that family, for that circumstance and situation. Where are those people? That's us. That's us. What does that have to do with Lent? It has everything to do with Lent. It has everything to do with Lent. How? You know, all that stuff you've given up? You're not giving it up just to give it up. You're not giving it up to show off to God. You're not giving it up to show off to your, your family. You're giving it up to make more room for Jesus Christ to be bigger, uh, more profound, uh, more profoundly present, uh, more uh, beautifully, wondrously, gloriously alive in you. You're doing this to make more room for Christ. Make more room for Christ. Why, why do you want to make more room for Christ? Well, that his appeal through you will be louder, will be stronger, will be clearer. That's what happens in Lent. What happens in Lent is the incredible opportunity, the great blessing of you being able to be useful to God as an ambassador, a representative, one standing in the place of Christ. And so that's our call. And so what, is, what does St. Paul say? For our sake, he made him to be sin who did not know sin. Jesus didn't just take our sins upon the cross. Uh, he didn't just take our sins upon himself on the cross and die for them. He became so 
completely identified with us at those places in our fallenness that he became sin itself. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God in him, the holiness of God. This is what Lent is about. It's about us growing in holiness, growing in that profound union. The union we have with Christ is radiant. It, it, it radiates God's glory. That means God's majestic beauty. That means God's powerful mercy. That means his attractive magnetic love. You live that life and you'll be doing something incredible in this world. You'll be shining forth the light of the living God in this world in a way that uh, isn't happening if you're not doing it. And so what does St. Paul then say? Again, continuing on with the reading in uh, uh, Mass on, on, on Ash Wednesday. Working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Did you hear that? We appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Lent is a grace. This Lenten season is a grace. It's a gift. It's a blessing to you. Don't receive it in vain. Don't receive it in vain. What does that mean, receiving it in vain? It means a grace was intended, a grace was communicated, a grace was received, and then that grace didn't have the effect it intended to have. Did you hear that? That the grace did not have the effect it intended to have, God intended to have, when he communicated to it. So, whether you like it or not, you don't have a choice in the matter, God has destined you for this Lent. He's destined you to be alive in this Lent. He's destined you to experience a grace and a blessing this Lent. And so he has communicated a grace to you. Now the question is, will you receive it in vain? Or will you receive it and allow it to have the purpose be completed for which God created it? God gave it to you. That's what's at stake this Lent. That's what's happening this Lent. And so that, that drama, the, the, the grace of the moment, it, it's shown up in, in the end of, the first, of this reading. Uh, in an acceptable time, I've heard you. On the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Now. It's a now moment. The grace of the now moment, is, it's meant for now. And if it's missed, it's gone. You missed it. I don't want to miss. I do not want to miss the grace of this moment the grace that the Lord intends for me or for you in this Lenten season. So all of a sudden you can see this idea of giving stuff up for Lent. It's relational in context. The con- the, it, the, these ideas of giving things up, these things are about Jesus. It's about connecting these acts of self-denial, of renunciation is what I focused on yesterday. It's about Connecting all of that to Jesus Christ. It's personal. Help Lent be personal for you and your family. If you can do that, you'll be doing a great gift. Helping it be personal. Right? So when you think about a quick summary from yesterday, you remember Lent, right? It's about that special grace. It's, It's about the springtime where what appears to be dead is about to blossom into life. And the way that that happens is by pruning, by stripping away that which is dead, cut in. Sometimes it's, it's, it, can appear, it can feel like it's ruthless and it's, it's, it's heavy-handed, the way you cut back a, a rose bush. But you do that so that it's going to grow and bloom correctly. 
the way you cut back fruit trees. You're cutting them back. You're pruning them precisely so that they can bloom. We talk about uprooting sins, not just tearing off the top of the sin, uh, the, 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 the top of the weed that is at the soil. No, you've got to go down and you've got to uproot these sins that are part of our lives. And to uproot something means what? It means penance. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas said that, um, uh, how does he say it? He says that, um, that uh, mercy is the, um, oh, sorry, I'm forgetting the quote. It's a beautiful quote. It's about how, uh, ah, yes, I remember. <laughs> God's mercy it affects the causes of sin. No, the, the effects of sin. God's mercy affects the effects of sin. I'm sorry, that's terrible. God's mercy addresses the effects of sin by forgiving them. Penance addresses the causes of sin by uprooting them. Did you hear that? We go to confession during, uh, during Lent and, and throughout our, our life of faith. Why? To address the effects of sin. We're no, no longer in union with the Lord. We need to be reconciled. But how often do you find it the case that you go to confession, you confess your sins, and then you find that those same sins come creeping back in or storming back in, and you're still troubled by them, and you're like, what's going on? Well, you're addressing the effects of sin, but are you addressing the causes? And addressing the causes of sin takes penance. It takes the acts of self-denial, the acts of expressing um, a, a restraint, a, an attempt to uh, repair the damage, right? So things like fasting and other acts of self-denial are acts of penance. And those acts are meant to help us, very specifically help us, address these causes of sin in our lives. So, so Lent is this incredible gift. Remember, I talked about it as this journey with Christ in the desert and the journey with Moses in the desert. So it's like Exodus because it's meant to free us from our slavery, those places of slavery in Egypt in our lives. We're leaving those behind. And it's also meant to prepare us for living the, living the reality of, um, of the promised land in uh, the, the, the good things of the promised land. We want to be ready for that. The reality of Lent is with Jesus in the desert who uh, was led by the Spirit out into the desert in order to be tested and tempted by the devil. And then from there, he had public ministry. He went forward into public ministry. That's going to be like our journey as well. Back in a minute with more Sound of Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. 
Well, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So I promised you an interview today. Uh, I'm going to pause on my continued Lenten reflections and move towards something that you might think about that is utterly connected to Lent, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and that's the 40 Days for Life movement. In order to dive into this, I've, uh, I'm welcoming to the program Tammy Carter. She is a local leader for 40 Days for Life. You're going to be very inspired and encouraged by this interview, and maybe you're going to be moved to get involved. Let's jump in. Well, I want to welcome to the program Tammy Carter. Tammy is joining me from the western part of Washington State in the Tacoma area. Uh, Tammy, welcome to the program. Hi. <clears throat> How are Tammy, you? Tammy, I'm thrilled that you're here. You're here to, you. to stand up and talk about 40 Days for Life, which is a, mm-hmm. an important initiative that has been around now for um, almost, what, 15 years? Is that about yeah. right? That's about years? right, yes. And, um, and a couple of times a year, they will run these campaigns that last for about 40 days and including one that just started yesterday on the 22nd (laughs) of February on Ash Wednesday. And so what a very fitting and beautiful thing to do. Uh, Tammy, for those who are not aware, um, some folks are listening and they're hearing 40 days for life. What's 40 days for life? So for those who don't know, tell us what is, what is 40 days for life? Well, it's, it is a little difficult to encompass that when you consider that we are all around the world now with 40 Days for Life. Um, we are in many countries, many cities. We have over 100,000 volunteers, uh, prayers, we call them, uh, people who go out on the vigil. But essentially what 40 Days for Life is, is a absolute confidence and belief in the power of God and his desire for uh, love and for mercy and for life. And that because of Christ's redeeming blood on the cross, then we're filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to bring that love and that life to the sidewalk. Um, and so when we come to the sidewalk, it, it is entirely with a confidence in the prayer and fasting. So when we pray, uh, we pray to, to uh, within ourselves. We pray as a g- group, and then um, we are intentional. Oftentimes, we have prayer books, things like that, or sometimes we're just on our own. But our uh, we hold an account on the babies, and the love for life, and the women in crisis, uh, because no one shows up to an abortion clinic that isn't in crisis. No matter how it looks on the outside or uh, what the talking points are on that, it, it is always crisis. And um, and it is never, uh, in the end, an answer. It's never a solution because it stays with every woman for a lifetime. And so we keep these things in the forefront of our mind when we're in the 40 days for life and um Ideally, we're, we're thinking about that as Christ was in the desert for 40 days. Um, and as they wandered through um, with Moses and, and had 40 years in desolation. And so we look at this time as something that, re- that recognizes the, um, the desolation and the, the death of the unborn and the preborn. And so um, we hold that vigil in a peaceful, loving environment. Um, We're very quiet. Uh, We do have 
signs. Uh, but that's because people wonder what you're standing out there for. And um, it's very important that they know that we're there to help them. We have a, a tremendous amount of support system in place for babies, for mothers, families. Um, and so we make sure that that information is available to them while we're out on the sidewalk. That's so powerful, Tammy. You know, I um, I love how you talked about it because I, I've been aware of 40 Days for Life for, for many years. And um, uh, when I think about it, if someone said to me, tell me about 40 Days for Life, I would have focused on the vigil aspect of it, where you're prayerfully vigiling in front of uh, abortion clinics and there in prayer, trusting that God is at work and mm-hmm having opening opening doors in, in through the grace of God by public witness for mm-hmm. opportunities to get in and to save a baby's life. And yes. there are statistics on the site that are really amazing around yeah. that, you know, 22,855 lives saved yes. since 2007, 136 abortion centers closed, 247 mm-hmm. abortion workers quit. Those are just stunning statistics. They but really what are. you said that jumped out at me was fasting. And in fact, um, one of the three pillars of 40 Days for Life is prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. And this is from the website. And I I think it's a beautifully confirming thing, right? So for all of us who embrace the reality of Lent, we Mm -hmm. are called to join Christ in the desert where he just wasn't, he wasn't just hanging around. He was in prayerful, vigilant presence before his father and in fasting Mm -hmm. as he was preparing for that spiritual battle. And here's what it says on the site. I'd like you to comment on how you've seen the reality of spiritual battle be part of the work of 40 Days for Life. Mm -hmm. Here's what it says. Knowing that with God, all things are possible, people of faith and conscience unite in 40 days of prayer and fasting. Christ told us some demons can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. The two go hand in hand. Prayer keeps us rooted in the fact that it is our desire to carry out God's will. Fasting is a sacrifice that helps us reach beyond our own limitations with God's help. It's a powerful comment, a quote mm-hmm. on the on the 40 Days for Life website. Uh, how do you see that reality take flesh in your years of uh, working with 40 Days for Life in the Tacoma Vigil and beyond? Uh, and, and in particular, just that whole reality that whether people realize it or not, in abortion, the issue, uh, the reality of spiritual warfare is tangible. It's real. Well, it's interesting you should bring that up because as we think about Christ in the desert for 40 days and we look at what that meant for the God-man of Christ, um, his suffering, uh, his physical, uh, mental, he was in the flesh, so there was emotion. We know Christ showed emotion of every kind. Uh, and exhaustion. And I can't help but think, who does that look like? It looks like all of us from time to time. And so if we can um, step back 
from the world. And when we're on the sidewalk and we're praying and we're cleansing by fasting and we see women coming up who are in crisis, we understand that they're facing all of those same exact things. And then the the trauma, the the burden, the pain, the fear of abortion and what that is going to do to a woman's body. So there's a lot of um, aspects to that, that 40 days and what that means from a physical standpoint and an emotional and a mental standpoint. The fasting, it is allowing us to cleanse ourselves of all of that, to to remove ourselves from that and be more open to what God has sent us to do, to make it clear to us and to also open up our hearts and our minds and our voices, um, tenderness from the Holy Spirit, because that really is what makes the difference, Mm -hmm. is being open, having that, um, that right word at the right time and sometimes no word at all. Sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is just listen. They 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 have no one to listen to their fear. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't you know we we talk about changing hearts and minds, but the reality is is we'd like to be there to redirect. That's that is actually the whole um, aspect of. 40 days for life with regard to pro-choice because we in fact are trying to give a woman a choice instead of how they feel when they're in crisis, that they have no choices. That's the crisis. Uh, And we have answers and we have, we have uh, many, many uh, resources available to women. Uh, I've had conversations with women that have decided to, to keep their baby and are celebrating that, they come down to the sidewalk and show us, bring the babies sometimes, uh, bring pictures, things like that. And um, sometimes they tell us, you know, baby was two years old before I had to buy a single thing. And they helped me with housing and they found protection for me and a job. And if I I may continue to just say, you, you said something very poignant there, about um, the workers in the clinics. Mm-hmm. This is not what you woke up and wanted to be every day of your life was to work in an abortion clinic. Uh, I don't believe that everyone finds that a redeeming way to uh, live their life and to serve their fellow man and to serve women and to preserve life. So uh, we're there for that too. We have a a tremendous amount of support and information for them. That's so beautiful. I'm talking with Tammy Carter today. Tammy is the co-lead, one of the co-leaders of the uh, Tacoma 40 Days for Life vigil sites. Um, She mentioned the fact that there are vigil sites happening all over the country and all over the world. Uh, There's over 1,000 cities right now uh, participating in the present 40 Days for Life campaign. If you go to the site, I do encourage you, go to their website, the number 40, and then the words daysforlife.com, 40daysforlife.com. 
Com. When you go to that website, you'll have a chance to see the various, not only things that they've done, the impact that they've had, but it'll also give you a way of discerning getting involved. Mm-hmm. Tammy, in my experience, and um, I have, uh, I've participated in um, vigiling and, and being in prayer and witness um, in front of abortion clinics as part of 40 Days for Life at several different sites around Western Washington. And um, it it's very powerful. It's one of those realities of our life of faith, like fasting, I'll say, that mm. you don't get it until you've experienced it, right? Yes. And unless you actually go out and are there in prayer and in vigil, witnessing by your presence to the reality of life and its preciousness, that the reality of the baby that is at risk and the other uh, impacts that flow from Mm -hmm. an abortion, uh, you really don't, you can't understand it from the inside until you've gone through it. Because it's a way of saying this truth has so much at stake in it there's such yes. such a good at stake, the baby, yes. that if we do not stand up for this truth, if we don't put some kind of flesh on our belief, mm-hmm. then we have to ask, do we really believe it? Do we right. really believe? Like my friend, uh, one of my dearest friends said to me um, was, he said, don't tell me what you believe, but let me follow you around and I'll see how you live. And then I'll tell you what you yes. believe. And yes. so- uh, that reality of um, of saying uh, I bu- I'm pro-life um, or I'm against abortion yeah it, it when it doesn't have when it doesn't take flesh in a tangible way it doesn't carry the same weightiness as it mm-hmm. does when you're willing to stand up speak out and be present in such a powerful way in front of an abortion clinic. Can you, okay, I just said that. Can you remember a time when you found that to be true, either in your own life or for some of the other folks who chose to to come close? They Maybe they came out with you for one time and they're like, Tammy, you keep talking about this. I got to go see what this is all about. Or mm-hmm. they showed up because they signed up. Maybe they heard a program like this and they and they showed up and, and they're <clears> like, oh my goodness, I had no idea, but now I get it. I want to yeah. hear a story about that. Well, uh, it was early on uh, many years ago when I first started with 40 Days for Life and I was uh, not still not completely sure what to expect. And uh, we were down at the old, the first Planned Parenthood in Tacoma. And uh, I was I was standing next to the street and uh, I was kind of watching what was going on. There were cars passing by and I had some friends with me and um, my Suba sisters and uh, we were praying and singing, which is also wonderful. And I noticed this car pass by two or three times, two or three times. And then the car came and parked behind us and I was getting a little edgy. Uh, because we, I knew we were being watched. And um, I stopped singing and praying and turned and faced the individual who was coming across the street now, this gentleman with his hands in his pocket, and he's got a decided walk about what, he, you know, he's coming over. 
And because I know that people misunderstand a lot or have some fear aspects of, of being on the sidewalk. And that was no different for me. And so he's now up to the sidewalk where I'm standing. And he says, I'm sorry to interrupt. And I said, oh, well, that, that's okay. He says, I'd just like to talk to all of you. So now everyone stops and we all turn around. And he says, and, and now all, already he's got tears in his eyes. He said, I brought my wife here to have an abortion uh, four years ago. And I'd like you to see what I have in my life now. And he took out one of those old billfolds, those old wallets that when you open up the pictures, they all fall out. And there was his four-year-old that she did not abort. And there was his two-year-old and brand new baby. And I can tell you there was not a dry eye <laughs> on that sidewalk. It was an incredible blessing. And no doubt it had a huge impression on me and what what the direction God had for me with 40 days for life. Um, but I think that it made uh, a huge difference for not just the, the prayers who had been there for from the beginning uh, that were present, but also the people who were there for their very first time. So um, it is there. There is a miracle every day. We don't know it. People are driving by all day long. We get the positive honks and we get the interesting uh, sig hand signals. And, and so um, the reality is, is that it's all good. It's all good. Any reaction is good and silence is good. People see us. It, they question why we're there. They question what, how we're achieving what it is we are there to do. And that gives us that opportunity to explain prayer and fasting and the peacefulness of it. That's beautiful, Tammy. I'm talking again with Tammy Carter. She's one of the co-leaders of the Tacoma Vigil site for the 40 Days for Life movement, which is the beginning of the end of abortion. That's a beautiful call. It's mm -hmm. the tagline of 40 Days for Life. You can go to their website, 40daysforlife.com. Mm -hmm. Against the number 40 and then daysforlife.com. Tammy, I remember a story about uh, when I brought my family to one of the sites that we were at and it was on a busy street and and there were a number of mm -hmm. us vigil uh vigiling and, and being present mm -hmm. there and there were we had signs and um in and it was similar kind of circumstance car gets out of the busy road pulls into the parking lot comes out yeah. this woman comes out middle-aged woman and she's got this determination in her mind yeah. like just this uh and she comes right up to one of the guys and she starts talking about you think that you have the right to stop my daughter from getting an abortion. If my daughter got pregnant and I, she wasn't ready, I would want her to be able to get an abortion. And, mm -hmm. um, and so we gently had her move to uh, a woman to talk to. Mm -hmm. And um, the woman started to engage her in conversation. And it only took about a minute of conversation where all of a sudden it entirely flipped. And it was about her. Yeah, and how thirty years ago oh, she was oh, in yes. an ex, you know an extreme situation, and she was pressured by her family, and she got an abortion, and mm -hmm. she just broke down in tears and just 
dropped into the arms of the woman that was listening prayerfully just there listening and in my family my kids like again so at this point we had you know we we have been blessed with nine children and you know they're all there all my kids are there um and you know it's at this point it's like from a 13 year old down to a little baby and it's just like lining the sidewalk and i'm wanting them to see this i'm wanting them to see the reality of abortion and in in a way that the mainstream media is not going to tell them. It's not going to show them. They're not going to be able to hear about this, but you have to be on the front line. Kids, you just being here are a witness to life. You are a sign of the gift of life that God has given and gives in every pregnancy. And uh, that the power of that story was that this woman began at the surface level with a point of like angry, stance for uh, abortion. But underneath the surface, there was this like ache and pain of, I did this to my baby. And, and so for her to then, she was ministered to about the fact that Christ offers Mm -hmm. her healing, that there's a path forward. And, um, and, you know, they had materials about Rachel's vineyard and, and yes, uh, places mm-hmm. to be able to experience healing after abortion, that trauma. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that kind of story is just, it's life-changing. It is, it is. And then you have, and then you have the other stories. I uh, was uh, waiting for the next shift one day and, and um, I saw a young girl come out and I say that on purpose. She was, uh, she was a, a girl and she was alone it was uh, about 39 degrees. She had no jacket on, a, a, a very light shirt on. And it was curious as she came out of the clinic. Uh, she kind of stood there for a moment and I was uh, texting with someone too. I was sitting in my car praying and, and then getting the next shift. When were you going to be here? And I lost sight of her. I expected her to get in her car and uh drive away and uh uh, so i lost track and then uh i realized i didn't see her get in the car or drive away and i thought it's strange so about that time the prayers came and i was going to exchange our uh, pamphlets and things with them and i stood up out of the car and i saw her and she had collapsed on the sidewalk and it was uh, very frightening. And of course, uh, I ran to her, uh, covered her, and eventually got her to say a f- couple words to tell me her name and hand me her cell phone. I identified that she wasn't physically in distress, but she was absolutely emotionally devastated. Um, it was, it, to this moment, it's painful to think about, to have witnessed that. Um, and to look in when she finally could look in my eyes, it was just uh, overwhelming. And uh, in fact, she had a family member there in the parking lot that did not see her come out and see her collapse. And I actually called him on her phone and he said, I'm here. And he, he got out of his car and came and got her. But and, and I prayed over her. I whispered in her ear. Uh, you have to make this phone call. 
I would never ask anything else of you, but you've got to make this phone call for yourself. And so, you know, you think of the tragedy of that, how vulnerable she was, um, what risk she was physically when she was um, unattended by anyone when she left there. But the meeting between her and I was totally God's providence. And so that girl has been prayed for. And I don't know that I don't know how many years ago that was. And I have not forgotten her Hmm. and prayed for her. And my belief is my confidence in the Lord and the, and the power of the Holy spirit is that she's going to be on a sidewalk someday and she's going to be praying for women and she's going to be there when babies' lives are saved. And it's going to be a whole new story. Mm. And so there's all, all kinds of aspects that we think about. Um, and and the other aspect is the fathers. I think that there there's few things that are more heartbreaking than when the fathers come up and explain to us that their wives or their girlfriends had had an abortion against the father's wishes and they're broken and that's a brokenness like no other yeah yeah uh, tammy carter's talking with me today about 40 days for life it's again 40 the number 40 daysforlife.com i mentioned that website because i want you folks uh, that are listening or watching this interview to become more familiar with this important initiative, this ministry to end the tragedy of our time, which is abortion, the the destruction of the human life of a baby in the womb of his or her mother and the other impacts that overflow first to the mother, but then those around them. And you're bringing that up, Tammy, the father. And the great lie of the pro-abortion movement is that this mm-hmm. is about choice. And you brought up something very important, Tammy, that folks to understand this in the majority, sometimes in the great, great majority of cases, the reality of abortion is about no choice. It's about women who feel forced to have an abortion, pressured to have an abortion, feeling like there's no one around them to give them the support they need to be able to remain pregnant and bring their child to birth. Mm -hmm. And so it's out of those extraordinary circumstances that these women make a decision because they don't feel like they have a choice. And exactly. so 40 Days for Life does such an important thing, being present on those sidewalks, being present in vigil, being present, praying and fasting. God uses all of these incredible things to save babies' lives. Yes. And and you know what? If we're here in this moment in history, we have a choice. We have a choice on which side of the fence we're going to be. Are we going to be participating in bringing about the end of abortion and saving babies' lives? Or will we, by our inaction, by our inactivity, be expressing what is in fact a level of apathy or indifference to the destruction of innocent human life? So you do not have a choice about whether or not you have an impact on the Mm -hmm. reality of abortion. The only thing that you have a choice about is what kind of impact you're going to have. And Mm -hmm. so 40 Days for Life is a way to make a difference. So, Tammy, I just spoke a a, a less than gentle invitation to become Mm -hmm. more aware and get involved in 40 Days for Life. Mm -hmm. For folks that are listening and they might feel like, I don't really know 
where to begin around that mm-hmm. idea of vigiling. Give me some ways of getting connected to the work of 40 Days for Life. What would you recommend? Yes, I'd be happy to because it really is. It, it's exciting uh, because you essentially you're becoming part of, of a family. Um, many of us have been together for a long time, and I don't think that there's anything that gives us more joy or more fun than having someone new. It's like, okay, when are they coming? Is it when? Is it during my scheduled time? Um, and then we get to meet them. The best thing to do is go to 40 Days for Life and go to uh, the vigils, okay? Uh, there's a drop down there, and you can put in your state, and then you can see all the vigils in that state. And then you can access the your closest town or wherever you're thinking about participating. And you can actually send a email straight. To, it goes straight to my inbox with 40 Days for Life and just express uh, what's on your mind and what's on your heart. And you made a really good point about something. This does not all happen on the sidewalk. Our movement, as, as, as you rightly put it, Um, Our love for humanity, our love for life is supported in untold number of ways um, by so many people that are not in a position to come down on the sidewalk. It just isn't. And sometimes that's physical. Sometimes that's time allotment, uh, whatever that looks like. But I can tell you that every single person that we have a conversation with are the first thing we just plead with them is please pray for us. Pray for us out there. Uh, It gives us strength and it gives us hope. And all those prayers lifted up to the Lord, our, our Lord is full of grace and he is so merciful. And he just answers us every time we think, oh, this is an obstacle or, well, can we really do that? Uh, and, and what's the weather like? And, you know, it, it, his will will be done. And every one of those babies matters and is important to him. And so when you're praying with us, it's important to know when you call, when you uh, send that email, I can send out uh, information, a prayer booklet. One of the most powerful things about 40 Days for Life is we have a prayer booklet that everyone reads from for all the 40 days. So I just want you to imagine what that's like for God's ear to hear the same prayer all over the world about the babies and the women in crisis and the families and how precious, precious the blood of Christ has cleaned us to where we can come before him and ask for these blessings, ask for the strength, ask for the the Holy Spirit to empower us so that we can speak to these women. And, you know, uh, faith, we know, right? Faith is first, but faith without works. We, we have to prove out our faith by where we stand, how we pray. And every one of those women, you're, you're, uh, again, to your point, was well made. You know, when people come to us and they're angry or there's hostility, you see a broken heart. You know there's more to that story than what you're being told. And if you wait on the Holy Spirit, if you wait in your heart, There's that silence. You keep that silence and it will come out. And that's your opportunity. That's God's providence. That's your 
place to step forward and and offer whatever it is that that you think that they need or whatever they tell you that they need. Sometimes they don't know until they they voice it and they speak it and then you can help them. So folks, I'm going to encourage you to connect with Tammy Carter or to the local uh, 40 Days for Life vigil leader in your area. Now, if you're listening to my voice, there is a uh, there is a 40 Days for Life vigil happening in Spokane, down in the Tri-Cities in Kennewick, in Wenatchee, down in Centralia, then coming up to Tacoma, Renton, Bremerton, North Seattle, Linwood, uh, mm-hmm. Everett, Mount Vernon, Bellingham, all of those areas, folks, if you're listening to me, they all have vigil sites. And it's as easy as a click. You just click yeah. on that and it'll give you the ability to connect with the Tammy Carter of that particular site. <laughs> and um, and you know what, folks, it's it this is this is not by chance. 40 days for life beginning on Ash Wednesday. That is not an accident. There is definitely a sense of we are in solidarity with uh, the Christ going out into the desert. Yes. We are in solidarity with Christ as he accomplishes this great task. We want to be a people of exodus to help people, to help mm-hmm. these young women find an exodus from a place of feeling enslaved by their condition to be yes. set free and to experience the abundance of gifts that come from giving birth to a child. So folks, I know that you're, if you're listening to the program, I know that we, we've talked about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. What am I going to do for prayer? Well, you can join in 40 Days for Life and pray with them for this great work. Fast. Fasting is something that you can absolutely connect to the great work of 40 Days for Life as well. So maybe give up a dessert, deny yourself a, a treat, maybe give up something that is not easy and pleasant, maybe have less of a portion. There are different ways, or even just fast itself. Take the very active fasting that you're doing um, over the course of your Lent and include 40 Days for Life in that uh, in that intention. And then lastly, mm-hmm. almsgiving. Um, Tammy, it's funny because I was sharing on the on the radio yesterday that uh, my family, we've talked a bit about, well, quite a bit about, okay, what are we doing as a family this Lent in prayer and in fasting? And in almsgiving, we haven't been able to land on, okay, what are we doing as a family? What are we doing as a family? And so this could be very providential here because, you know what, we would have to travel all the way from Spokane Valley to Spokane to be able to participate in that vigil site. And we know some folks that do that, uh, that are part of the vigil site uh, in Spokane. And so uh, I think there's a very natural thing for us uh, to uh, to to say, you know what? Let's do this. Let's. We did this as a family. You remember doing this as little kids? We're going to do this again. So mm-hmm. I, I'm inspired. Tammy, you've inspired <laughs> me. Uh, so ready or not, Spokane site. Here we come. The campaign. And <laughs> that's great. Currents are showing up. So, yeah, um, awesome. so Tammy, there you go. So that's that's my final encouragement for folks. Uh, if you're joining in a Lenten, uh, the Lenten disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving you will find in 40 Days for Life a very natural join up, a very natural linking place. And I know also on the site, one last thing I'll say is that they do offer resources for your prayer. You can uh, go on their blog. They do offer uh, on their site uh, wonderful, helpful information if you're interested in um, uh, following their podcasts, following their blogs. Uh, They have these different uh, 40 days. uh, You can just follow right along. Yeah. So Timmy, final word, what will you want to leave our listeners and viewers with? I think that um, as we 
as we consider where we fit, because I think we do that in everything where family, work, uh, our church, um, everyone fits in 40 days for life. Everyone has impact. If, as you said, you can't, there's no gray. You have to be for life or you're not. And if you're a little bit on the fence about what that looks like, whether it's on the sidewalk or not, but more than anything else, we just want you with us. Um, and we want that communication. We value. It's so important. So if you go to 40 Days for Life and you sign up for the uh, daily devotional, it is incredibly powerful. Sign up for that. For your Lent, for your 40 days, sign up for that devotional and read it every day. Every day. Let it give you insight not only to what 40 Days for Life does and what's going on around the world, but let it shine a light in your own heart and let that sweep out that darkness that might be there of doubt or um, concern or fear and just bring all that all Christ's light into your heart so that you have clarity and God will make it absolutely clear how you can help, where you fit in. Um, because we, we all love the Lord and we love life and he loves us. And so we, we need to be that light for as many people as we possibly can. That's our call. And that's Amen. what we were commanded to do. That's beautiful. That's Tammy Carter. Again, she's one of the vigil leaders uh, and the team of leaders at the Tacoma campaign of the 40 Days for Life vigil. Please go to 40daysforlife.com. Tammy Carter, thank you so much for taking time to be with me today on the program. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome.